live. Hello, everybody. You know the name, you know the place. I've got my friend Brad Smith on. Brad, welcome. Thank you for coming. Jesse, thank you very, very thank you for having me, mate. So Brad is on because he is the inventor of the flight sleeve, um, a training aid that you put, if you're right-handed, you put over your right arm, your right forearm. And if you're left-handed, you put it over your left forearm. And this is specifically designed to help folks such as myself with their short game, minimizing excess hand action and uh, and allowing the user to gain an acute sensitivity in what he or she wants to do with the wedges. And uh, without, and I love them and I've got a few of them. I broke my first one accidentally and I ended up ordering a couple as backup and uh, have sent a few to my friends. So without further ado, Brad Smith, thanks again. Hey, no worries, Jesse. How did you come up with this idea? Yeah, so it's a fun story, really. Um, you know, my background, I was uh, in professional golf, and uh, my last year playing full-time was 2017. So uh, it was right around April. I was down in Texas. I'd done the uh, Monday qualifier for the Byron Nelson, and unfortunately, it had no success in, in Monday qualifying. Uh, but I went out and watched uh, the tournament. So I was out there watching Jason Day. I was walking around with Bud Martin, who's his agent. And we are watching Jason and I'm trying to figure out, I never had a bad short game, but it was like, what does Jason do that makes him so good and so world-renowned? You know, everyone knew he had such a great rotary action, but what was it that allowed him to do it so efficiently? So the biggest thing that I could pinpoint was his right arm. He kept his right arm really, really straight. And that allowed the club to stay really, really wide. So I went away and I'm actually with a, a close friend of his and we're at the driving range at um, uh, wherever at, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think what side of town we're on in Texas, uh, one of the academies over there and we're hitting some pitch shots and this friend of his, uh, his name is David Luteris and Dave was asking me, you know, you got to try this action. Like this will make you heaps better. Like you got to get the club wider. And I'm like, what? what is it that Jason does to work on this with his instructor, you know, with Cole Swatton. And uh, he grabs a hollowed out back roller and sticks the back roller on my arm. And he said, just hit some pitch shots. And so I went ahead and hit some pitch shots. It was incredibly uncomfortable. Didn't fit my arm very well. And I'm thinking, like, there has got to be a better solution for this. And so I went away, researched it, could not find anything online. Uh, but that was the general basic situation and scenario where I was just working on something and someone put something that that sort of did the job but not very well and not very comfortably uh, and what I ended up with was the sleeve but I drew, drew those sketches around about July of 2017 and what you see today on the website is almost exactly what I drew uh, back then in 2017. That's a great story. Yeah, it's a yeah. crazy one. It, it's just one of those ones where I've had ideas and this one, I couldn't get it out of my head. So I sat on it for like a couple of months and it ended up my now business partner and I were just chatting over coffee and he's like, let's give it a go. So we got a prototype company and the prototype company did a bunch of the research, couldn't find anything. Uh, and we were able to get a patent on our insert in the sleeve, which was, you know, it inhibits that right wrist, but it also, it will, you know, the length of it goes part way up your bicep, it forces the torso to turn and it keeps the club wider because obviously if you break your elbow, it pushes the club off plane. The only way you keep it on your, you know, your arm straight 
is by turning the torso. So that was what separated us from from some other products was the combination of the wrist and the elbow. And how long did it take to get to market from start to finish? Uh, so R&D was about 18 months, something like that, middle of 2017, and then we launched uh, middle of November 2019. So we've been in business almost smack on two years now. And uh, how many guys do you have on the PGA Tour using it? Yeah, so we've been fortunate. Uh, we've got over 50 PGA Tour players and instructors now using it. Uh, and I want to say the number is between 25 and 30 on the PGA Tour. We have about 15 or 16 guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, and then and we had, I think, three guys get through Corn Ferry Tour this year. Stephen Fisk is a really close friend of mine, actually. He was a cart boy at the club where I was director of instruction in Atlanta. And uh, Stephen's been using it and he got his, his card this year, which was awesome. Uh, and now he's a stud. He was a Walker Cupper in 2019, so he's he's the real deal. Um, so we've got him, and then a number of instructors, including Bradley Hughes, uh, Butch Harmon School of Golf, uh, Michael Breed's been using it uh, for a little while now. And there's a number of other pretty pretty solid instructors. So tell me what somebody can expect say they 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 hear this podcast and they say that sounds mm. pretty cool i've got yep. you know might have some issues with it and they go ahead and order it um, yeah and they get it what what yep. what's the process of uh, what can they expect how can they expect it to help them get better well so basically the biggest problem most golfers face is they there's just way too many variables going on in their chipping and pitching right and a lot of the time it works in reverse so the first thing that goes is the wrists the arms and then the body turns mm-hmm. by that point the club's gone way too far so where people are going to see this help them immediately is that the immediate feedback they get in the right wrist because it completely blocks it out and inhibits any movement and then secondly is going to be the way that it forces you to use your body so when your body's going first we're not used to that. Everyone's used to that being the last thing that moves and that give, the feedback you get from that is immediate. And what you realize is how overactive you are with your hands and your arms. So the first thing it does is it's going gonna, it's gonna to help the player feel how the motion of a chip or a pitch shot inside of 50 yards should feel. Now, to a lot of people, it's going to feel very awkward at first because it's not something we're used to doing. Mm-hmm. But like I tell a lot of people that say, well, it just doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right because you haven't been doing it correctly. So the level of success and the speed of success that people see results varies a lot. And we've had people that put the thing on and just literally immediately see a vast improvement. Now, like most training aids and like I tell most people, when I put this in my bag, when we got our first usable prototype, this is going back two and a half to three years now. And I haven't stopped using it and I will never stop using it. So with any training aid that does something that is effective and efficient for your game, and it's not going to be for everybody. We totally get that. But for the people that do love it and do like to use it, you want to be consistent and continue to use it. Because if you do stop, you'll fall back into those old habits faster than you can even imagine. So the key there is use it. doesn't have to be all day, every day, but use it consistently every time you go out to the golf course implemented in your routine when you warm up or when you're around the chipping green. Well, I know immediately when I put, put it on, when I ordered Mm -hmm. it, uh, it felt incredibly restrictive, but Mm -hmm. intuitively I knew that this, um, I I knew intuitively. So I had Mm -hmm. already surrendered to that and I just said, okay, I'm going to practice with this thing. Um, 
And it, after a couple of sessions, it crept into my game. It actually crept mm-hmm. into my short game pretty quickly, surprisingly so. And, yeah. um, and one thing for me, which is going to lead to my next question, and, and I had no idea how to do it, but it actually gave me more sensitivity in my hands and it made me more acutely aware of the bounce. Yep. Yeah. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the things, like I said, the first thing that usually goes for any golfer is the wrist, right? And the minute the wrist break to any degree, you are losing that exposure of the bounce and you're engaging the leading edge. And the minute you engage the the leading edge, you have to, you basically have to catch up. So what will happen is people will, you know, the break and block method, which works for some players, but for the majority of golfers, like unless you have the time to practice it just hours and hours and hours, it's just not going to be consistent, right? So the flip side of that for a player is, then overcorrect. I'm huge on whatever you do in your backswing, you're going to tend to mirror image that on your follow through. So if we can teach players to keep the club wider going back and keep the bounce sticks exposed, Mm -hmm. the tendency is going to be to match that body motion on the way through. So the only reason we flip our hands at it is because we've broken down on the way back. So what we wanted to do was get the bounce exposed, keep it exposed and force that body rotation. And that's the biggest thing that the, the sleeve does. So I think when you know when you realize the reason you're feeling that sensitivity in your hands is because before everything's breaking down, you, you can't you know you're feeling a lot of different movement. Well, when you minimize that movement, all of a sudden the feel you get through your hands is far greater because they're not doing a lot of other movements. So the feeling you're getting is just through the hit. And if you get active in your hands, you're going to be more aware of it because they're doing it less. It's, it's interesting. If I don't use the sleeve, let's say for a couple weeks, mm. the old patterns will start to come back. I mean, I was a classic, yeah. uh, let's go ahead and throw the club face wide open. Let's set the wrist early and take it dead outside. Right. And that's kind of how we were taught. Right. Uh, yeah. That's the problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I will have a tendency if I don't use the flight sleeve, Brad, I'll have a tendency to go back there. So for me, mm-hmm. um, I make it a part of my regular practice. In fact, I'll throw it on before I hit balls. I'll hit mm. little low burning wedges on the range with that yep. thing as, yeah. as, my, as part of my warm-up protocol. Yeah, that's the first thing I do in any warm-up. I put my sleeve on and I hit like five to 10 shots with it on. Because you know, people always ask, well, I need more. If say someone says I need more extension in my full swing, well, Extension at the top of your backswings not going to happen if you don't have extension early. So if you can learn to have this width in your chipping and your pitching, it's going to bleed into your full swing. So I think what you're doing is a fantastic. It's a great thing to do, and I think anyone that's using it should be doing it. Well, it's just been a it's been a great product for me. It's been a mm. great revelation, in fact, to mm. increase that sensitivity and being wide. Yeah. Uh, mm. I, it's just you know when you subjugate yourself to the proper information. Mm. And if you have a, a little bit of hand-eye coordination and you're a halfway decent player and you literally put your body, in this case, your right forearm for a right, left, left for a lefty, yeah. uh, you, your body will acquiesce and it'll start lighting up these senses. It'll start yeah. lining up uh, precisely how you want to use the bounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll start lighting up the sensitivity of taking it back wider. Wider mm-hmm. equals more time. 
yeah. at least how I interpret it. Yeah. And um, the one thing that that thing has done for me, this the sleeve, is using the bounce, minimizing excess movement in every lie possible. You know, I'm in California. Yeah. It's wet up here. And I'm mm-hmm. um, in Monterey, California. And, and it's wet up here. Most, most of the time, our conditions are softer than most, mm. but, um, going up and down the California, up and down the California quiz playing amateur golf, there are some different conditions. And, yeah. uh, one of the things that I found out using the sleeve is that I will intuitively, I can adapt to every uh-huh. condition because I have more acute sensitivity in my hand, therefore mm-hmm. use the bounce. Yeah. But this all started with using it. Correct. That's how it all started. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that's a big thing. You know, you talk about the different conditions too, is, you know, you don't, you're not aware of how important the bounce is until you start to use it. So when you go from soft condition, especially when you're in soft conditions, harder conditions, you know, that club bounces a little bit more. It's a little bit harder to get that, you know, figure out what's going on. But when it is wet, the minute you expose the leading edge, you are going to know it because it's like on bent grass or like you said, the wet grass you play. Like, Cause we get a lot of bent grass, not here in Missouri, but a little further North and then over in Illinois and Chicago and areas like that. I'm in St. Louis and um, it's on surfaces like that or the wet ground that you're talking about, the damp ground close to the ocean that you play. As soon as that leading edge is exposed, you, you're going to just bury it in the ground. So what you're going to find with what the sleeve does is it widens the base and it stabilizes the club face. So when the bounce is engaging with the turf first, you can actually bottom out behind it a little bit and air quote chunk it. But if the club is wider and shallower, you're going to get away with that miss hit a lot more often. So instead of laying the sod over it, mm-hmm. it's still going to at least get, you might still come up 10 feet short, but you're not going to put it 10 feet in front of yourself. So I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of golfers will see. This probably goes back to the question you asked actually a minute ago. One of the biggest pieces of feedback is going to be because the club face is stabilized, the direction is going to narrow. So your miss hits side to side are going to come in exponentially. Then all you have to figure out is how fast does my body have to move in order to get the distance consistent. But that's what you're going to see on that softer ground where you guys are is when you do chunk one a little bit with that width, it's you're not going to number one take a huge divot. You're just going to kind of feel like it just didn't feel right, and it didn't feel that you didn't get that nice click that you're used to getting. But the balls, you're still got a chance of giving yourself a putt for par, or you know, on a par five, maybe you know, get up and down for your birdie instead of you know, cussing yourself out while you buried the leading edge into the into the ground. We've all done it. Yeah, we've all <laughs> done it. Doesn't matter who you are. We've all mm-hmm. done it. Yeah. Um, what? How about uh, using the sleeve out of bunkers? practice yeah so um you you can do it my advice really is more rehearse with it before you get in the bunker so you a bunker shot really short ones Mm -hmm. uh you can hit shots with it on however i would say that's like an again an air quote advanced tip uh you'd need to have been using the sleeve for a really long time before i would say get in the sand and hit shots with it on but the the general feeling and concept of the width you're creating you're trying to replicate that and keep get the body moving more as opposed to what you see a lot of people. Why do they bury the club in the ground? Well, they pick it up and they just throw it down into the sand. So you've got to also remember, you know, we're used to a lot of golfers are used to picking the club up and dropping it down on the ball from any situation. Mm-hmm. Bunkers were always told more weight to the left. Mm-hmm. Well, when you widen your base 
a little more weight to the left is even more important because if you're wide, we tend to get very centered with our weight. But if you move that point, that center point further back with a wider, shallower base, you've got to get that weight a little bit more forward. So out of the sand, even more so, that weight's got to get forward for it to be really effective. So I think Luke Donald's a great example. Get online and look at as many Luke Donald chip and pitch shots as you can and bunker shots and look at where his weight is. If you watch it face on, he almost, in his backswing, you can see it almost looks like he's trying to lean into his lead side into the sure. backswing to keep that weight there because he knows how important it is to make sure he gets that clean contact on the ball and not fall back behind it and bottom out. He's got some very, very good chipping procedures, great technique, great hands, great feel. Unbelievable. His short game is is masterful. Yeah. Yeah, he really does exemplify that, and I will echo mm-hmm. that. I've watched a ton of Luke Donald's uh, short game videos. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the best. I mean, his pitching actions—it's, I mean, it's as close to as good as it gets anywhere in the world. It is so good, pretty much. Well, I think the sleeve will definitely help the user mm-hmm. um, get these senses, get these mm-hmm. feels. Uh, after mm-hmm. time using them, but I think yep. uh, especially just it, just really eliminating the variables, the yep. wrist the wrist hinge, the wrist angles, the the club yep. flying all over the place with your hands, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is what mine did, and I yeah. didn't know, and I, I, right. I literally didn't know it was a crapshoot from day to day. I would have great days of chipping and and pitching mm-hmm. and flop shots, and I would have days where it just wasn't there. Yeah. But since I've used the sleeve, I've got I got mine in March, and since I've used it, those days have been few and far between, and that's probably one of the more consistent parts of my game, if not the yeah. most consistent part, around the green, yeah. particularly from fifty yards and in. And yeah. what, what before we started recording, I wanted to make a comment on um, something that I didn't foresee happening, and I've always wanted that low burning wedge, yeah, from from whatever. 15, 10, 15, 20, 30, even 40, 50 yards. Right. And I always couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah. And then I put the sleeve on and that's the only shot I want to practice now because I absolutely love it. Yeah. Burning wedge, just throw away the variables. It works. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that's, that's a shot that when I was particularly, you know, I've always been asked that by amateur golfers like how do you hit that shot like what's the key to hitting that shot successfully so a lot of people you'll see them trying to create all this spin with their hands but when you are trying to do it with your hands it's so hard to be consistent with the loft that's coming into impact right, right, right. sometimes it'll come in where you're leaning it too much you'll over release at one time and it'll kind of loop off the club face the key to that shot and the reason you've got so good at it is because because the club's staying so much more stable in the backswing your effective loft into the ball is so much more consistent. And so with that consistency in your effective loft at impact and the consistency in your strike, you can actually find that you can start to take less loft. And that's the other problem a lot of people have is they feel like they have to hit the 60 to get it to stop. And often the 60 is not necessarily, you know, or even higher, some, you know, 64, 60 or 58, whatever your lofted wedge is, everyone tries to use that to get it to stop but often the best way to hit that low trajectory shot, once you've got this technique down, is with less loft, drive it in low. You know that the you're, you're going to hit it solid. 
and that solid contact and that consistency in the loft coming into the ball, that's what's going to get the ball to spin and get it to stop. So you'll hit one and it'll fizz off. People you're playing with that don't realize what you're doing are going to be like, whoa, that needs to stop. But it hits once, second bounce, bites hard and just kind of just trickles out and ends up, you know, finishing somewhere pretty close to the hole and you kind of shock everyone in your group. And it's just a shot that you can hit from all of a sudden a tight pin won't scare you anymore. And that is a good feeling. When you put a pin that's kind of close to the front edge, but you know you can still drive it in low and stop it, that's when you're unbeatable. I mean, you're just going to wax your friends day in and day out. I actually hit that shot in a tournament last year in Santa Barbara off wet Kikuyu Mm. several times. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys that I was playing with asked me, and I I had the sleeve, yeah, of course, I had the sleeve in my bag. And I pulled it out and I said, well, don't, don't put it on because it's a training aid. You might get DQ'd, <laughs> but, um, but after the round, he tried it on. I think he ordered one on his phone right away, yeah. but, yeah. um, but that was out of wet Kukuya, uh, mm-hmm. unpredictable. And for right. those of us who grew up in California, they, they, you know what I'm talking about, but one of the things that's great about it is, uh, for me also is I feel that my practice sessions are so much more efficient and I don't have to be out there all day. Honestly. Correct. There there's, I'm, I'm finally working on a repeatable functional thing Mm -hmm. that I don't have to be grinding out there all day to, to, to find something. Right. Well, and I think that's one of the things that I always found too, was a lot of people won't work on their chipping because they don't know what to go and work on. Right. And so if you don't know what you're, you're doing or if you don't really have a goal or a mindset of what you're trying to achieve, it's really hard to like enjoy yourself. So a lot of people just don't practice their short game. Well, this gives you a purpose and a feeling as to how to do it correctly. So it kind of it makes you want to do it. And you, like you said, you don't have to do it a thousand times. You can put it on, hit 10, 15 shots with it, take it off, hit another 10, 15 alternate a bit like that and then you can go to any other scenario or situation around the green and you're trying to do the same thing you might be changing the you know the way the club sits on the ground but ultimately you're making the same swing at almost every shot you're just using the way your setup is to change how the ball comes out in terms of the flight so you're you're just not having to overthink it it simplifies it and it makes it it easier to execute which i mean that's just more fun if you've got more confidence around the greens it's a lot more it's a lot easier to do something and and practice it when you feel confident and comfortable doing it i agree 100 percent um you know i think what what's the pga tour well i'm going to say that for for my handicap genre i think i read this the other day brad um but for for most players say i may not be 100 percent correct on the stat but most single digit handicap uh, guys and gals all the way to a PGA LPGA champions tour. Mm. 70% of their shots are inside of 120 yards, something like that. Yeah. It's astronomical. I mean, almost all golfers that I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, we want to go to the range we want to go smash golf balls, but it doesn't matter how much better you get from T to green. The majority of your golf shots are going to be like you said, because even on par fours and par fives, a lot of your, regulation approach shots are still inside of 120 or 130 yards so the importance on wedge work chipping bunker play putting 
you just it can't be talked about enough. And tour players talk about it constantly. There are a lot of amateurs that hit it every bit as good as most tour players. Yeah. The thing that separates the top now the very top tour players too hit the ball better than everyone as well, which sure. is what separates them. But on top of that, their short games are so much better too. But there are a lot of tour players who've been very successful in their career who were really successful because of their short game inside of, you know, 125 where they just were dynamite. Well, case in point, Tiger Woods. Yeah. I mean, guys, one of the worst, even Mickelson, two of the worst drivers statistically of the golf ball, (laughs) always in the bottom quarter and two of the greatest players ever. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this, if, if they go to a PGA tour or an LPGA tour event, champions tour event, Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that always jumps out to me is how flipping good that all of those wonderful athletes are with their wedges. It's scary. It's so good. It's fun it, to watch. Everybody gets enamored now with, with speed, 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 mm-hmm. speed. And, and, um, you know, Bryson is a, is a great example of that, but he got better with his wedge play. Wedge game and his putting. I mean, in his putting. Yeah. 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 That doesn't Just, get talked about. No, and that's what makes him so dangerous. I mean, you, you get a player, and everyone's talked about it, at some point, and whether it's DeChambeau or someone else that we don't know about yet, someone's going to come along that hits it as far as he does yeah. and has an immaculate short game, and they are going to – they're just going to destroy everybody. Yeah. You know, you could imagine a player as good as Tiger was with his wedge who drove the ball, as, you know, as long or a little longer. I mean, Tiger's length, if he was incredibly accurate off the tee, he probably would have won by even more, which is scary. Right. Um, but that's what you're waiting for is that person that hits it DeChambeau long and has the short game of a Tiger Woods or a Phil Mickelson. And that is going to be crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. And it wouldn't surprise me if that uh, that future superstar uses the flight sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. That's the plan. You know, because now, now you can actually put this thing on the juniors and Correct. and the juniors can really feel it out, especially yep. long, long limbed, you know, girls and boys out there mm-hmm. that don't have uh, a full spatial control quite yet. Yep. This is going to yep. give them an intuitive sense of what it really is. Yeah. And, um, but it just fascinates me that the short game as important as it is, still doesn't quite get the the focus on it that it should no even even with us talking about it and i'm sure we all know people that are very good very technically proficient with their wedges and it still doesn't get talked about it just blows my mind brad it really does i just i'm gonna i'm gonna repeat myself in today's day and age, it's speed, 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 speed. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you that most PGA Tour and LPGA Tour professionals professionals have achieved mastery with their wedges. They know exactly how far they hit them. They mm-hmm. they know exactly the trajectory they want to use. Yeah, exactly. And that's what uh, they can have bad ball striking days. They they certainly can. And there's yeah. oftentimes they can go out and it's not uncommon for, for a tour professional to go out and hit seven, eight greens and they still shoot under par. They'll still shoot under par. And, well, and I, that, that, well, and that's, you know, it's like you said, I, I, I used to, you know, I still preach on the, the wedges, you know, especially this probably goes even outside of chipping and, and putting and, but into the longer wedge swings, you know, where like the clock system, the Pell's clock system. Sure. 
I mean, that is just one of the simplest, easiest ways to improve. Anyone can improve their wedges. Three swings, three different lengths, learn those carry yardages with three or your four wedges and notch it down in your phone. I still have it in my phone. And all the kids at Webster University where I'm the, the golf coach as well, it's the same thing. Like All of them, that's been one of the first things that I have had them do because what it does is it gives you if you've got four wedges and you've got three distinct distances, and I think Pels uses the the lead arm 7.30, 9 o'clock, and 10.30 on a, on a clock if you're standing over the golf ball, mm-hmm. or you can think 50, 75, 100%, right? So however, however way you look at it, if you have those three distances pretty locked down in your head with each of your wedges, that's 12 distances from probably 40 yards to 135 yards that you're pretty sure how far you have to swing the club. It makes filling in those gaps. So if you're not right on that number, it's so much easier to fill in the gaps. So all of a sudden, if you miss one off the tee, a lot of the time we get overly aggressive with our approach into the green and it leads to a big number. Well, all of a sudden, if you feel more confident in your wedges, you're going to be less inclined to make that riskier decision on a you know after a wayward tee shot. And you might play yourself into position a little bit more and give yourself... 65 70 yarder as opposed to trying to like you know take it a little closer to the tree line and thread it up between a couple of bunkers near the green so you know you're just less likely to bring that big number into play if you have that confidence in your wedges and all the tour players that practice five six hours a day you know i was the same way when i played full-time my practice session was five and a half hours this is without playing and in that five and a half hours full swing work outside of 135 yards was maybe 45 minutes and that's it. And I'd hit, never hit more than 10 drivers in a practice session. I mean, just because you're not going to hit that many drivers on the golf course. So why excessively work on it when really the driver swings pretty similar to what you're working on with everything else, like hone your wedges, hone your chipping, hone your putting easiest way to improve your golf game. It's not trying to hit it a little bit further or hit it just a slight bit straighter. That's not going to be the difference for almost any golfer. Huge importance on the short game, folks. Mm. Uh, I can't. I can't state it enough. I know that you can't state it enough. <laughs> <laughs> I do know. I do know that um, that the best players in the world are wedge masters, and I think yeah. that because the motion is shorter, and because most of us don't have the 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 ability to generate the speeds that mm. that these professionals are using. I mean, this is the great equalizer. I think. Uh, yeah. What was it? Um, Paul Paul Runyon, they used to call him Little Poison. He, he beat right. Sam Steed. What did he beat him in the PGA? Like thirteen and twelve yeah. or something. It was Sam, nuts. Yeah, Sam Steed was out driving him by 70, 80 yards. Yep. Um, it, it is a great equalizer. I think about uh, guys on tour right now, notably uh, with uh, highly proficient wedges. Steve Stricker. Yeah, I know, and he's been doing this sort of for a really long time. Yeah, you know, it just and Zach Johnson's another one. Yes, um, and those were two of the, like, the two kind of originals. But it was until you know Jason Day when he got to number one really kind of threw it into the spotlight. This you know straight arm rotary pitching motion, um, but it's also been technology like TrackMan and FlightScope and Foresight and these all these things that can monitor club face and degrees of loft and rotation. That's what's been the real sort of kicker for a lot of these younger guys, particularly now switching to it like Max Homer, Kevin Tway, Keith Mitchell. Like these are all players that are switching to this technique because the data doesn't lie. You know, it stabilizes the club face 
and your consistency improves. So, you know, what most people don't realize when they're watching these guys on television, you, you might, they'll show a shot on a Friday where a guy's five over par and he hits a flop shot over a bunker and holds it. So everyone thinks that's short game on the PGA Tour. Nine times out of 10, this PGA Tour player is just around the green trying to find the most simple, effective way to get the ball close. And most of them are starting to shift to this technique for that exact reason. It's just so much more consistent. I agree 100%. Mm. It's it's helped me uh, become significantly more consistent mm. without yeah. a without a whole heck of a lot of brain power yeah. behind it. You just yeah, you the, just don't have to overthink it. Not at all. You put it no. on and 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 you 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 fiddle with it a little bit, but eventually it's it really uh ingrains a nice pattern into your nervous yeah. system. It, mm-hmm. it, it really does. And uh, my ability to control the trajectory has improved dramatically uh, as yeah. a result of using it. My, uh, my next question is how, Brad, do you think that most golfers can improve if they were to use a similar formula to what you said, as far as going out and practicing and really putting the emphasis on, you know, 120, 100 yards, 80 yards in. How fast? Uh, there's no, no doubt. Uh, no, yeah. I, I tell anybody, I mean, look, and I know we're selling a, you know, a chipping product, but I tell anybody, I mean, the, the fastest way anyone can improve is to stop three putting. Like, that is, right. It's number one. I mean, I will preach that no matter what my business is and what I'm, you know, what we're selling and trying to help golfers improve on. It's the easiest way any golfer can improve is like, if you don't three putt, I guarantee you, now, unless you're a really low handicapper, but the average club golfer, probably three putts, I'd say three to five times around. And yeah. get rid of those. And you're if you're a 12 handicapper, you're a single-digit handicapper all of a sudden if you don't three putt. So that's number one. But then when you move away from the putting green, um, you know, just becoming more efficient with your, your action, more consistent, you're going to improve astronomically. And I think get, gaining an understanding and how you're supposed to do it correctly, which is, you know, what the flight sleeve does is going to help people do that in a shorter amount of time because you don't have to practice it as much. It, it just simplifies it so much to the point of, you know, like I said, instead of the hinge and hold where you have to spend hours of trying to be consistent at it and right. to, to be proficient, this you don't have to. You can practice at home and you ba- a bunch of friends of mine, they use it in their basement at home. A lot of them don't take it to the golf course. They use it in their basement, at home, on the weekends, kids are playing, and they said it's improved their short game out on the golf course. So you, that's what's great about a good training aid is you can use it at home in winter, in cold. We've done really well with this in the cold states where people are stuck inside, and the same thing through COVID. We were fortunate in that regard where, you know, it's a great at-home indoor training device. So it gave people when they couldn't get out on the golf course something to work on, and it was it's been very beneficial to their golf game. So... I think uh, I think that's the big thing is like it just gives you that sense of commitment and positivity in your own short game, and you're going to improve immensely because of it. How can our listeners find it? How can uh, so yeah, get online the website. So you might see an ad, you know, on Facebook or Instagram, but the easiest way is www.flightgolf.com, and that's f l y t golf.com. Any of the listeners out there, uh, you can use a promo code 
two of 15, all caps, two of 15. You'll get 15% off any of the products online. So get online, uh, buy them up and get better at your short game. <laughs> and the customer service is great. I, I dealt directly with Brad. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> on did my exchange. Best. <laughs> That's right. Um, so you do have another product. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So- we uh, fortunate. We uh, we've been working since about April around Masters time. Uh, we got introduced to Tommy Brennan, who's the director of golf at Augusta Country Club, which is the the country club across the fence from uh, Augusta National. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tommy and I and my business partners have been going back and forth, and we finally acquired Swing Extender fairly recently. And that's now up and available on the website. And it was a great, pardon the pun, extension extension on from what we do with the short game because it goes on the trail arm and it promotes width at the top of your backswing, stops the collapse in that, you know, that trail arm where a lot of people collapse down in their trail arm at the top of the swing. So you've got the sleeve that does a great job of keeping you wider, shallower on your chipping, pitching inside of 50 yards, chuck the swing extender on and your full swing. It's going to help create that width at the top of your backswing as well. Stop you from overswinging. Stop stop you from collapsing down. Uh, and we've got some other great products as well in in research and development. We've got about five other products in R and D at the moment, which we look to release periodically over the next sort of eighteen to twenty four months. Uh, and those are we have another chipping product, we have putting products, and full swing products. So products for every area of the game coming out uh, here in the next sort of eighteen to twenty four months. It sounds great. It sounds exciting. It is. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, the thing I appreciate about your invention, Brad, is that that it came from you, somebody who Mm -hmm. who was trying to play and uh, and out there. So the applicability is is right there. There's a lot of of blood, sweat, and tears behind that product, I'm sure. Yeah, no no doubt. And (laughs) certainly it, it came from a desire to get better myself and improve something in my own game. And I think that's sometimes the best way to have a good idea is when you're trying to help yourself. <laughs> Amen to that. And do you have, uh, are there, I know that you have social, right? Yeah. You've got Instagram. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We've got fly golf on Instagram. We have okay. a YouTube channel, which we're, you know, there's constant content going up on YouTube. Um, tons of instructional videos, all things golf. That is not, fl- you know, yes, it's flight golf, but it is all things golf. So get on YouTube, check it out, subscribe. Uh, we appreciate that. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, Instagram and Facebook run, you know, run alongside one another. So most of what you see on Instagram, you see on Facebook as well. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're on Twitter. Twitter's newer for us, but we're, we're on Twitter and slowly working towards building Twitter out as well. And what's your handle on Twitter and what's your handle on YouTube? Uh, everything's flight golf, all of flight it. Golf. So okay. yeah, you flight golf, everything. Yep. Yep. So fairly simple. Flytgolf.com and, and at flight golf. Brad, I got to tell you, this has been great. Uh, I'm going to, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for inventing welcome, this man. thing. This is, <laughs> this has saved me a lot of heartache and uh, I look forward to, to, to using it more and more because I think that every time I use it, I get a little bit more creative. I get a little bit more inventive mm-hmm. with, with different clubs. And, sure. um, and before we close, I do want to mention this, that I was one of those people that just used the 60. Like <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I was one of those guys and, Not- and my wedges currently are, uh, 
uh, 50, 58, and 64. And the reason why I have the gap between the 50 and the 58 is because mm. of the sensitivity that I now have. So yeah. I've got a lot of different shots with a 50 degree. Yeah. Well, it's great. You get a front pin, a middle pin, or a back pin from the same position. You don't have to guess. You can make the same length swing, same speed, just switch the club, let the club do the work. It makes the game a lot easier. A lot simpler, and especially yep. with the short game when we can all use that. Well, Brad. Oh, no doubt. Thanks for coming on. I uh, really my pleasure, appreciate Jesse. It. Yep. And, um, and I hope that everybody goes on to flight.com, right? www.flightgolf. Flightgolf. Flight yep. F-L-Y-T. Yep, that's the one. Brad, thank Two you, or my fifteen friend. caps. Two or fifteen. Oh yeah, you got it. You get you get a fifteen percent discount. Fifteen percent discount. Yep. Okay, Brad. Thanks again for coming on. Everybody, go check it out. I highly recommend. Thanks, Jesse.